What's up, everybody? This is Micah Ness, and you're listening to Silverline Behind the Frame, episode number 22. And in this episode, I get to hang out with Paul Thacker and his fiance, Aaron Ursland. Now, Paul is a Monster Energy-sponsored athlete and an X Games medalist, even while being in a wheelchair. And Aaron is an engineer and has an online fitness coaching program. And since both of them share a love of fly fishing, they were two stars of a film we were producing for Fishyware called No Excuses. And that project allowed me to join them on a, an incredible fly fishing adventure to Patagonia. And we talk about that trip, the challenges of fishing with a track chair for Paul, and also how they've been able to pursue their passions from action sports to fitness. All right. Good evening, great ladies and gents. We are here in Alaska podcasting from what should be a not as warm of a place, but it kind of feels a little warmer than it's supposed to be here in Alaska. So, Paul, yes, Sacker, and Aaron, Ursland. Hello. Where are we at right now? We are in Anchorage, Alaska, in the burning heat. Yes. The sweltering heat. It feels like the desert of Nevada. <laughs> it is. It is crazy. I don't think... I mean, I lived here for a few years, and I don't think it's uh, it feels a little warmer than it's been that I remember. What about you guys? I mean, you were you both from Alaska? It's been this warm before, but it just when it's when it's eighty in Alaska, it's like a hundred anywhere else. It feels like, yeah. and we've been getting some nineties, so it's been it's been really. Plus, it's eighty or ninety for. 22 hours <laughs> right yeah right. the sun doesn't exactly. go down no we're, we're both from here but i the last time i remember it being this hot i was in elementary school this yeah. long this hot this long yeah so we've had we've had a good 10 days with another 10 on the way of 80s so we might die here. but the important part <laughs> is how does that do to the fishing um it's actually l- affects the fish Less than it affects the fishermen, <laughs> <laughs> which is important. As long as you hydrate sure. <laughs> as much as the fish, that I think you're okay. No, yeah. it hasn't. I mean, besides, you know, water levels get pretty low, but the fishing's been still pretty good. Yeah, right. it's been good. Yeah, well, that's good. So, why don't you uh, introduce a little bit about yourself? Let's start with you, Paul. Um, so, you've been through some different experiences in your life you've done some pretty rad stuff and kind of been around different places so I've give us a around. little i've been around what are you trying to say Mike? <laughs> places places <laughs> oh. like adventures gotcha. I was like how long have you been in anchorage <laughs> who you been talking to <laughs> <laughs> and uh so yeah so g- give everybody a kind of a backstory for for you uh well i'm born and raised in alaska and um i Played a little hockey. I have uh, been an executive for a Fortune 500 company, and then wow. in the last for the last 15 plus years, I've been a professional snowmobiler by trade. Um, almost nine years ago, well, eight and a half years ago, I was uh, in a crash getting ready for X Games 2011 that left me without the use of my legs. So that was a tad bit of a life change. Just so a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but since then we've, you know, reinvented and figured out ways to stay relevant and enjoy life and have continued doing the crazy SHI asterisk T stuff that we've always done and 
have recently, the last few years, really gotten back into fishing, which was a passion of mine since ever ever since I was a little kid, and kind of went away from it for a while, and have since come back into that realm with a vengeance. Yeah, and yeah, so I mean, it seems like the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, we're uh, still doing X Games and competing, and when I'm not, you know, we do a lot of work with veterans, and I've got a small foundation that we do a bunch of stuff with uh, with that yeah. as far as events with, uh, you know, our vets with PTSD and disabled vets, and um, cool. actually all vets, for that matter, are welcome for what we do, but um, if I'm not doing that, I'm probably on the river. It's a good place to be. Or Argentina. <laughs> Yeah, so we, somewhere we, in between, and we will get to that for sure about some crazy adventures down in Argentina. Um, and so, Aaron, so what? Uh, how did you kind of come into the the picture with uh, with Paul here? Oh wait, can I go back to how we? Yes, I, I slid yes. Start in, this I, out. I slid, start this out. <laughs> I slid into those DMs. That's right. <laughs> hey, we're it's yeah. it's an online that's, community. You know, this right. is how it goes these days. How did you, how did you guys you meet? Know? I slid into them DMs. That's right. That's it's right. A Don't dodge. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all honesty, um, he sent me a picture of himself. It was really. That's actually. That's actually not. <laughs> and uh, not even until recently, she thought I just sent her a picture of myself, which was not true. <laughs> I was actually at X Games, and we just finished, and I had a photo of the line of sleds on X at X Games. Oh, so I sent a photo of right. where I was, not of me exactly sure, in sure. particular. Yes. For, my, so for reference, I didn't know what X Games was, so I was like, <laughs> "Cool photo so, of yourself, bro." So for the last. <laughs> Two and a half years, three years, she's been like, oh, this dude sent a picture of me. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so I guess uh, that's how I came into this picture. But we, uh, he slid into the DMs, and it was the easiest conversation I've ever had in my life for the last two and a half, almost three years, something yeah. like that. Nice. And what was, so you've been, you've from Alaska as well. So how did, uh, what's kind of your, bit of your backstory up here? Oh, born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. Been an outdoorsman, I guess, my whole life. Um, I love, I didn't actually get into all of the outdoorsy stuff until I came back from college. I went to college out of state, and then when I came back, I just really realized that I'd been missing the outdoors and got into it and the fishing and hunting and all that kind of stuff. But I wasn't really that big into it. I was more into sports and hanging out with my friends and doing lame stuff when I was in high school and then drinking a lot (laughs) (laughs) doing underage stuff (laughs) don't report me um yeah so once I came back from college I really dove in and found a love for fishing and uh just being outside and yeah it's kind of what keeps me here and and what what is it uh I guess over the the years I mean to keep keep fishing I mean at the forefront of, of things that you like to do. I mean, do, do you, is it trying to find other fish to go after finding different ways to catch more and bigger fish? Like for those that maybe don't do as much fishing, like why do you so passionate about it? Like keep going back to fishing. Like what sure. is, is there just a continual drive or a challenge or something getting bigger? Or like, I mean, I know what it is for me or some people, but like, wh- what would you describe that for you guys? I think for me, it's mostly, you, it's a different experience every time you go. I mean, I love being outside, but I don't want to just go stand outside. So I like 
chasing a new adventure and it's uh, with fishing you know you're always fishing you're not always catching so that's true (laughs) (laughs) you never know what you're gonna get and i think that's kind of the appeal of fishing for me at least is you could go out and have the best day and not catch any fish and just see the most beautiful things and be in the absolute quiet i think that just that for me is what drives me outside it's just um just seeing things that you would not see anywhere else and it could be no fish and it could be a hundred fish it doesn't matter it's just yeah being outside and experiences things that people don't ever get to experience and we get to do it shoot we get to do it weekly yeah i mean for me it's just an addiction and it's considerably cheaper than heroin so in case of case <laughs> point it's probably not cheaper than heroin. <laughs> there's a lot of good <laughs> it's way more expensive hey, so it's got some new reels yeah. man <laughs> yeah dude have you <laughs> seen that new reel let's 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 check them out later that uh, yeah. flies <laughs> i you know yeah. i i don't know there if you can pinpoint one particular thing i mean for me it's always the the opportunity or the chance that you might catch the biggest fish of your life every time you go that's yeah. always a bit of a draw um and even after i've done it over and over again you're still like okay the next one might be the next biggest one you've ever seen or ever caught or the prettiest or whatever um but something about when you know that hook set it's just it's i, I mean i've got a i've got like a top 3 coolest maybe top 4 coolest feelings and not necessarily in this order you know back flipping my snowmobile was is is pretty amazing sex is pretty amazing scoring goals in hockey was pretty amazing and setting the hook on a trout is just it's it's in that somewhere in the mix it's just a cool <laughs> it's a cool feeling that you can't you know you it 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 can't i mean there's just nothing like it it's just um I don't know. It's uh, and it's not for everybody. Not everybody is is as into it. But given the opportunity, I could probably fish the same spot, you know, ten days in a row, and 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 then fish it another ten days in a row and not care. Yeah, yeah. Just because you never you never know what you're gonna get, and and uh, you know the the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more the the science and the you know, there's always fish. It's you just it's y- your responsibility as a fisherman to figure out. Okay, how are you going to catch them? What do yeah. you got to do? What do you got to do different today that is not working that you were doing yesterday that was working? And it's um, it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's never the same two days in a row, no matter what oh, yeah. where you're at. So yeah, you're always learning with fishing. There, uh, you you can never, you never know stop it all, ever. Yeah, you yeah. never stop learning. That that's definitely something too. You're like a a, s- a sponge if you want to be i do know plenty mm-hmm. of people that are the best fishermen in the world if you just ask them and <laughs> they, do, they usually don't catch the most fish so. yeah and they're probably not out there all <laughs> of the time yeah. and just driving because yeah you gotta you gotta push past a lot of of different things to allow you to to put in the time to do it i mean you're not always going to catch fish you know you got to fight with the weather and the conditions and, and there's a lot of things into play and and i feel like I mean, how how much of the areas that you end up fishing up here are not the what people usually imagine some of the fishing up here, where it's like wall to wall fishing along the bank, you know, and it's like combat fishing and stuff. Do you guys ever go and 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 battle it out with no, the? Absolutely <laughs> not. No. If I want, if I want to sit in 
with with people elbow to elbow, I'll go to California and sit on I five. I was right. just gonna say I'll sit in traffic <laughs> for that. I don't, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I and and I don't mind fishing with other people, but I'm not gonna go battle somebody for a spot. Yeah, that's just now. Nah. There's there's you know Alaska is so vast, and we're super fortunate to live here because there is infinite places to go. And um, you just got to get out and explore a lot of like, like, for instance, last weekend, I spent a whole day with a buddy of mine. We didn't even really hardly wet a line. We were just exploring places to where, okay, we know where we can go the next time when we want to actually concentrate on the fishing part of it. So, um, yeah, the combat fishing. Yeah, maybe when I was younger, I might put up with it. But now, not a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I go more for the, I mean, I'm fishing for the being outside, experiencing the she's outdoors. She's fishing for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I that mean, clearly it's experience. to catch the <laughs> biggest Wait a fish. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Obviously. That's exactly. why I don't catch that many fish. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I actually, I've never been into um, salmon fishing because I don't like to eat salmon. <laughs> yes. Yes. So do elaborate on this because it was a pretty awesome part of the film that we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never really liked to eat <laughs> salmon, so I didn't like catching them. <laughs> yeah, I, the, growing up, I never liked to fish at all because I knew if we caught fish, I'd have to eat it, and I didn't like salmon, so I didn't want to fish. And then I realized when I came back from college that you can catch fish and you don't have to eat them; you can send them back. So <laughs> I got into fly fishing because it's catch and release. I don't have to eat it, and it's a uh, yeah, it's a whole different world. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I like it now. I'm, I don't know. I make it differently. But yeah, I still, salmon fishing just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, that's the thing. There's so many different types of, of fishing that you can do. Um, and and we definitely got to do some, some pretty fun uh, fishing this last year. But before we get to that, um, so for you, Paul, like making that transition, I mean, you, you spent – um, what was it kind of getting to the point to where, cause I'm sure different, you know, people maybe have dreamed of, of, of racing, you know, professionally or riding snowmobiles, snow machines and like all that kind of stuff and actually doing it to like be a, a pro athlete. Like what, what did it take for you to actually get to that point? Was it just doing it long enough to where people just saw you and you started doing it? Or was it like, did you have to put in that extra effort to get found? Like, how did that process come about? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't any discovery, so to speak. Like, nobody yeah. knocked on my door and was like, holy smokes, man, we really love what you're doing. We want to pay you a whole bunch of money to come do it. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> just doesn't, that doesn't happen. Yeah. This is, this is snowmobiling. It's not stick and ball sports. Like, there's no discovery. Yeah. You have to cut your teeth and do stuff that, you know, is outside of most everyone else's comfort zone. And that's kind of how it started racing snowcross. And then that kind of morphed into, you know, doing big stuff in the back country. And this was before, right at the beginning of when like MySpace started and then Facebook shortly wow. after. That's, so that's going so there was no social media <laughs> pumping it. Like you were trying to put something together and have somebody out there filming it so you could get in a, a extreme video of Slednecks or like the crusty demons type stuff. And, and um, yeah. basically, you were risking life and limb with absolutely no guarantee of it ever going anywhere. And it just kind of worked out. I was never afraid of the 
the hard work aspect and would and definitely put the time in and was always kind of um like there's there's plenty of guys that are willing to just risk it without much thought process behind it and that was not me i had no problem being like no nah, that's i'm not comfortable with that that's that's not gonna work or that's you know so there was a limit so like there yeah i mean so there was a lot of i mean it was calculated it wasn't uh and I just had a skill set that was different than a lot of people's. Like, I was willing to, you know, I mean, well, set world records and do things that other people yeah. weren't willing to do and risk. So, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it kind of, I mean, I would, I I laugh when kids are like, today, they're like, I I got you know, a thousand views on my video. People should be calling me and sending me free shit. It's like, no, it's not really how it works. But yeah. good luck with that. And yeah. Um, I mean I would send two hundred and fifty resumes out every year with color photos and discs and wow. I'd hear back from a half dozen people and five of those would be yeah, sorry, our team's full. But mm -hmm. I did it every year. Until eventually that started being like, Hey, we'll give you a discount or hey, we'll give you a buy one, get one or you know, and then that slowly started becoming more and more. And then, you know, we got Monster Energy came on board and, you know, Polaris. And it's just, uh, yeah, kind of snowballed from there because once people started seeing what was going on, then there was a bit of a wow factor, which the sled stuff still has a lot of that because not very many people even realize they exist mm -hmm. and can do what they do. But right. um, as were the, you know, freestyle dirt bike stuff's a little bit saturated so yeah but yeah i mean it just so it was it was a process i mean it wasn't like a one still, big big stunt that happened now. and just like oh my god he's amazing let's no. all get on that button wagon. Yeah, i wish no <laughs> no there was no suitcase of money in a contract yeah. no that yeah. never happened so i'm still waiting for that to happen that would be awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah slide into those dms yeah <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, and and that's the thing that's I think with that applies to a lot of different things is it's not just that people see like, oh, yeah, they, all of a sudden these guys are famous. And it's like, well, no, that you just happen to see the video and you didn't see the thousand videos they made before that of trying and trying and putting their name out there and, and driving. Because even back then, I'm sure, I mean, there was less people probably, but it's not like you were the only one probably trying no, to. No, for sure. Well, that, yeah, you there. see the finished product. You don't see the, <laughs> the process that it takes. And, and you know, most professional athletes will tell you that. There's a, yeah. I mean, you can't even begin to count the hours that goes into refining your craft, whether it's, you know, basketball, hockey, football, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody sees the finished product on the court or the, the field. They don't get to see all the time in the weight room and yep. that beforehand. So. Yep. And and so when the the accident happened, was it was it just shattering or it just I mean that do you put in all this time and then it is like, okay, now what? Or was it what was what was kind of the, the reaction after that, after putting all that time into it? Well, I mean it, you know, any one that's at the top of their game in whatever field will tell you that there's a level of risk that you accept or you'll never be as good as you can be. You're always worried about what might happen. So I had I had accepted the risks and possibilities of what could happen and the dangers of what I was doing well before, you know, anything catastrophic happened. So it was more like, okay, smart guy, you, you picked this. Now you knew this was a possibility, so now what? Like, 
what are we what are we going to do from here? And I was fortunate to have a pretty strong support group and a really, you know, family that was, you know, there was no sympathy. There was no, I mean, everybody was like, oh, that shit, that's sorry, that sucks. But, you know, you, you knew this was possible. So, and I was the same. I wasn't going to wallow in self-pity and I felt like that would make me a pretty giant hypocrite. So started brainstorming ways that I could, you know, turn that, you know, extremely negative event into something positive. So um, the process started almost immediately, I would say. So, I mean, there were no long hours crying myself to sleep. There was just a lot of, I wouldn't even say soul searching. It was more just like game planning. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got to figure it out. I mean, it's another, yeah. another step. I mean, you, you know, my, my legs don't work. I'm, I wasn't dead, you know, which is, was a very <laughs> realistic possibility. Yeah. So, um, you know, it could have been a whole lot worse. And, and was it, so it was a bad enough crash that could have been just that, that particular much worse? one probably wasn't going to kill me. I had actually <laughs> walked away from some other ones that had a probably higher percentage chance yeah. of that. So, um, it was, I'd, I'd used up my get out of jail free cards. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, then you take it and, and you just, you have to modify what you're, what you're going to do. I mean, you kept riding, so that's, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah, and still do and have and done, you know, I mean, it, it's, well, it's a passion and something that I very much enjoy and love to do. So it's going to be hard pressed to try and, you know, keep me from doing that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and and then it becomes a it it's almost you know a, a domino effect where you start doing this stuff and then you become someone else's inspiration, mm-hmm. and then you're like they become your inspiration and it's like this yeah com- you know repetitive circle that just keeps coming round and round and you got to keep motivating to help other people keep motivating you and um, and that continues uh, all daily yeah. until now so. And no, I imagine good. it'll continue on <laughs> into the infinite future. <laughs> I plan on living forever, so yeah, yeah, for <laughs> I sure. got a lot of work sure. to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, uh, so Aaron, while while he was going through this uh, stage, where were you kind of going into in more of the professional realm and the other stuff that she was, uh, she was in grade school? So. I know. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, no, I was graduating yeah. high school. <coughs> no. <laughs> Am I kidding? I don't know. Actually. You were in college. Yeah. I was in yeah. college. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess I took a different route. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I'd, 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 w- graduated high school, came back up here, and got a pretty, you know. Graduated mon- college. Monday. Oh, yeah. Graduated college. Graduated high school in Alaska, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Then came yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> came right back. Yeah, yeah. nothing exciting She's on my end, I guess. She's a mechanical engineer, for God's sake. <laughs> it's not like she just went and got a liberal arts yeah, degree. No offense th- to th- all th- you not, liberal Nothing arts easy about that. <laughs> just <Yes>. saying. <laughs> Sorry, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I do some, some of that. Not anymore. Yeah. In sales. Yeah, in oil and gas, you know. Up here in Alaska, that's what you do. That is part of it, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, but even in, in the fishing kind of a realm, and you dabbled into sales and stuff, even with um, fishy wear, which is which is where I got connected with you guys. Yeah. So, um, what what do you kind of involved in that? Because you were already 
passionate about fishing, you know, growing up into that yeah. a little bit more, right? So Yeah. Um I kind of fell into it. So I actually um I worked at Mountain View Sports, which is a local um local sporting goods store here. Good friends with the the owners of, of Mountain View and I kind of fell into fishy wear working there and, and getting to know um getting to know Linda that owns fishy wear and kind of doing some ambassador stuff for them and um as I've just continued to get more into fishing kind of doing more stuff for them and kind of just learning all this cool stuff about fishing that I I didn't know growing up which is Mm. crazy to me growing up here that I had this whole world that I just didn't knew nothing about and it's been so cool moving epic fail I know (laughs) dad what happened (laughs) Just kidding. I mean, we were into it. I was. There's just, more I was, fishing. You know, I was too busy playing volleyball during the fall. So um, chasing boys and being chasing a girl. boys and yeah. being a girl. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, that's kind of kind of how I fell into the that kind of world and really ran into meeting you and been on some adventures since then. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, because we had we had met. Uh, uh, really, it was this time last year. Um, Might have been later, even. which is it w- um, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it was so- sometime right around. Yeah, it was right around. Maybe it was July, it was. June or July, something like that. So, because we had, because uh, I was up here. No, it was right around this time because I was filming the other shoot we did, and then we went out filming with uh, with uh, Linda because we are working on a film um, that's going to be coming out this fall. If uh, you listen to it now. This is this is June of 2019, so or July now. It just <laughs> went into July. That's crazy. <laughs> it's gonna be August um, in five seconds. <laughs> and uh, and so it's so we were we were working on this this film that uh, Linda uh, was putting together for a partnership with Orvis. So Linda has a uh, women's fly fishing clothing company, and they make accessories and all kinds of cool, colorful stuff for women for fishing and. And uh, they partnered up with Orvis for this uh, film festival and where they're having a bunch of different partners of theirs making films to go into for this. And we did one following a couple different stories of women in the fishing industry. One was uh, Linda and then one was um, Aaron and uh, Paul, them both together. And then uh, the other one was Nellie and uh, she worked with Trout Unlimited and so kind of a young family, young couple, and then a uh, professional lady that basically have different reasons to go out fishing. And so we went out fishing, happened to meet you guys out filming. It was like, oh, yeah, we got a perfect couple that can be on the video, and they love fishing. And um, I guess they love fishing more than catching because we didn't – well, we did catch, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. two little fish <laughs> that day. I came it on a bad slow. day. I they, think I remember someone <laughs> catching yes. some fish that day. It wasn't yes, me. Yes, he did. <laughs> Paul definitely <laughs> definitely pulled it out at the end and made it, got us some fish because uh, I've seen the pictures of the massive fish before that that they had caught. Like, oh, yeah, this place is always really good. But we got some really good video and some, some cool fish, too, that day. But that started a lot more other talking going on of like, oh, this is really cool. We like fishing, and I like filming fishing and fishing a little bit too, and, and we like you, and uh, <laughs> you know all that together. <clears throat> and I think it was during that that day when we were talking, we we're just like, "Oh, yeah. we're going to Patagonia," and I'm like, Wanna "Wait, go? what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? I mean, uh, I mean, Patagonia has been on my list for for quite a while, and like just just the whole 
draw of that place and all the things you can do from fishing, hiking, everything. And so it definitely perked my interest just a little, just a little <laughs> bit, maybe a lot. I think uh, you peed a little when I said <laughs> Jurassic Lake. Yeah. yeah. I, n- I actually had never even heard of Jurassic Lake, but I had heard of the fishing and like the, the, the lure of this crazy massive fish. And then when I found out that was the place, the, the Jurassic Lake place and, and so I Googled it pretty quickly and then it's like, oh, well, let's talk, you know, and, and we did over the next couple of weeks and finished up the filming there. I was back in Idaho. Actually, I don't think even went back to Idaho very much that fall. I was all over the place from here to Ecuador and everywhere in between. And so I think we started talking after a couple of weeks and then I think you ended up calling us like, hey, this is happening. Like, can you go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, and I mean, we made it happen. I mean, we just happened to be filming this film that needed some pretty cool footage to go along with it. So that kind of allowed uh, a bit of a, a wheels to get down there. Um, and I actually went a little bit early and explored. Uh, I think for three or four days in uh, Fitzroy and El Sheltan. I went to a bunch of cool climbing, hiking places, and it was just mind blowing. I mean, just that part at the begin with was just like oh my gosh this is this is amazing but then turns out it can get even more amazing <laughs> in the in the aquatic regions and uh so we took a long drive but before that you guys were taking a long travel just to get to that point what was what was the whole thing you had to go through just getting your chair down there yeah so i was able to commandeer an action track chair they have a new action track chair nt i believe is the is the fda approved it's a little smaller version for yeah um that is um fda approved to be a personal wheelchair so i was like ooh, i should see if i can't take one of these to patagonia so i was basically the guinea pig they had no one had traveled with one no one had flown with one yet <laughs> so we hope this one. can work yeah. out of the country yeah. so <laughs> yes not just flying yeah, that's yeah. Right. no no this was yeah we were traveling to south america no big deal <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, uh, actually flew into Minneapolis and this was kind of the test flight. I picked it up in Minneapolis and then flew to Dallas without a hitch at all. They were, that's no incredible. Issue. They put it on the airplane and piece of cake. And anyway, so yeah, from then from Dallas, then, uh, my, I met up with my dad and we flew to Buenos Aires and then for Buenos Aires to El Calafente and we where we put the track chair on a random man's yeah, vehicle I mean and the let <laughs> him go with it. We yeah, loved there him. Was, there was definitely you some were there adventures. For that? No. We, we couldn't. There, there was yeah. no van. Like, is a random nothing. Uber thing? No, no, no. no. There's no t- real there was, trucks. There was in nothing South to put the track chair on at all. Anywhere. So we were supposed <laughs> to have a ride. We didn't have a ride. So we <laughs> found a guy that had a truck and we lifted the track chair into this man's <laughs> truck and he was like cool I'll drop I'll it at your hotel you. in a couple in an hour like, or yeah so. bring it there yeah. oh thank yeah. you yeah we were like yeah. hey bye and then we're at the and we, he just drove off show up to the hotel and we're like uh, uh there's no chair here yet but he you know he, he showed did, up he, showed he up. did show he up. brought it <laughs> but we we figured it <laughs> out thing. and there was there was definitely some adventures oh, yeah. getting it on the airplane here and there but for the most part uh it yeah we were able to get it to uh to um Laguna Verde, Estancia Laguna Verde, and just but just getting—I mean, it's bad. It's crazy enough. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's worth it. But 
is crazy enough just getting to El Calafate. And then from there, you drive at least on a highway-ish for like a couple hours. Two hours, I think. And then that's where yeah, well, we were so supposed we to run. Yeah, we were supposed we to rendezvous. <laughs> we kind of forgot with <laughs> with the camera guy. Yeah, we kind of forgot. And that I'm, was, and that I'm was, sitting there. That was Patrick. That wasn't our fault. <laughs> I was sitting there because I had just. It was kind of weird just getting to that point because I talked to them. Okay, like, hey, I'm already like partway along this road. Can I just like meet you guys in this little village? I didn't realize how little. Th- I mean, this was little. little. Oh, yeah. like, it was a gas like, station like, with five houses. Which gas station? Uh, there's only one gas station. That Just meet at the gas station. There's only one for miles and miles, like hundreds of miles. And I take a little cab. I, I hired a cab to go from El Sheltan to drop me at this little little gas station. And I even timed it like super early, like way earlier than I needed to be because I wanted to hit sunrise because like, okay, I can have this cab drive away from town because there's this really famous like photo shot looking back towards the whole Fitzroy range uh, down the road. So there's a long stretch of road and the sunrise coming up and lighting up the mountains. I was like, okay, if I leave at like 5.30 in the morning, I was meeting you guys at like 10.30, 11. It's only like an hour. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be worth it though. I'm going to take and cab's going to stop halfway and I'm going to take this awesome picture. Well, the clouds moved in. Oh. And I just got a really early cab ride is all. <laughs> no, I got no good light at all. Like just basically botched the whole photo cuz the did, clouds blocked the sun. We did drive through that little gas station. Yep, yep. Somebody and I, I, and was I was like, sitting there we, for like 4 waiting? hours by that time. Pick up the camera guy? And and I'm like looking ah, and I'm like I see a couple vans going. go by. I'm like, "Oh, maybe those are just Oops. no, no, another hour goes by and then Waiting and waiting, and I think maybe by noon, <laughs> here comes a, 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 not even a van, it was a truck, but, yeah. and I never, I haven't met either one of these guys, so they jump out, and I was like, oh, you, hey, yeah, let's Talk grab some snacks, let's go, and like, <laughs> wait, wh- what, yeah, no, they, 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 they we forgot you. <laughs> They forgot. I think they put all the blame on Paul, actually. I didn't, it, it, was all, I didn't it was all. It. it was Kissel. <laughs> yeah, all Patrick. But needless to say, you guys were well on your way. We were rapidly approaching behind we had a we had a rally car driver of a of a, a racer of a driver so we <laughs> we made up some time after stopping and looking at an armadillo Baku. Yeah. Baku. um yeah <laughs> oh i was gonna say i totally forgot i had a uh another guy on our trip um when we were down uh shooting um in argentina for dove hunting we had a we had a a, a Faku there as well. What? He was the owner of the uh, awesome. the property and stuff. Faku. And uh, so he had, he did the same jokes. He's like, ah no, Faku. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't quite as uh, as uh, hospitable Colorful. as our other guy. But oh, yeah, it was still pretty great. funny. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it must be a, a common name there. But but the travel though from from that point on, Oof. tell us about this road. What road? There isn't much of a <laughs> the, road. The, it's the, like the path. Goat path. The, yeah, the goat path. Once you get off, well, you, you get off the pavement, and you drive another hour on the gravel road. Hope you went to the bathroom before you got on <laughs> and it. Then, and then you turn off onto the actual road to the lodge, and it's just like, yeah, it's it's kind of, I mean, if you've ever driven on, you know, old hunting, Farm. logging path, ranch roads, that's pretty much what it's like. There's rocks and it's not maintained you're what two hours uh no like hour and half? it's like it's like an hour 45 minutes of really nasty road it's a while so yeah it was uh just to get to the lodge 
but who cared? Yep. It was cool. But it keeps the unwanted people out. It's it like, oh, yeah, there must yeah. not be anything out on this road. And it doesn't seem like, I mean, you're just going in the flat desert. There's, yeah, there's Like, no there's lakes out no. here. There's rivers and fish and stuff. Like, yeah. it's crazy how yeah. far out they're placed. I mean, you wouldn't think anything would be out there. Yeah, it's pretty, it's definitely wild. But getting there was was well worth it because, I mean, that first that first night we went out fishing and already started catching some some pretty. I mean, at that point, like, oh, these are nice oh, fish. Broke my rod. That is true. Broke my first rod. We started right <laughs> off on. A <laughs> Caught my yes. first brown. If you were, and if you then were broke a, my if rod. If you were a better fisherman, you would uh, break your fish. Uh, <laughs> 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 yep. Turns out, yeah, it was a travel error, but. Yeah, it was incredible. That first night, we thought we were we were we were in hog so heaven. Stoked. We had no idea what was. Oh happen. no, no, they were the tiniest fish we caught the whole week. Oh <laughs> yeah, hands down. And these weren't tiny, but it was no. like, well, we this was just the local. They they get you warmed up on the little local pond, on pond. right on next on to Laguna, the lodge on Laguna Verde. Exactly, yep. Green Lake. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and who all do we have on the trip? with us uh aaron's dad niall was there my dad um one of uh niall's college buddies his dental school buddies dental school buddy and then uh um pat kissel from outdoor international who set the trip up yeah and then uh yeah one other friend that that had been on a trip uh, with pat in the past to come to so we had a pretty yeah we had a pretty great group actually really really fun group of 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 individuals <laughs> yes <laughs> colorful colorful yes. yeah there was a lot of laughs a lot of comedy <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah no it was it was incredible and and the other part of that place too is it's you really have to to work at getting your fly out there too because it's blowing it's windy, it's windy yeah. it is definitely a windy. lot yeah, the wind, I mean, expect the wind to blow 15, 20 miles an hour every day, which it did for the most part. But I tell you what. That didn't it, keep you from catching fish. It didn't no. keep you from catching fish. I mean, I we figured that the average was probably 8 to 10-pound rainbow trout, which is just absolutely asinine. <laughs> with, and that was uh, like a normal, like, average small fish. <laughs> yeah, that was like your average was that. And then, you'd, you know, you'd catch the, uh, the you know, once in a while that was – upwards 14 15 pounds and there were bigger ones than that yeah it was uh, catching your all-time best fish on the kenai every cast or every fish that you were catching and you it was, it was just like incredible. the biggest fish you've ever caught yeah it was like oh yeah my God. it was just yeah it was pretty crazy i mean when you when you stop taking pictures of 12 pound trout right. it's just like it's like oh eh, no toss it back <laughs> everyone's got one on like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah yeah so just, do, you want, do you want a picture no let's get another one <laughs> we're wasting time. Yeah. We're gonna wet the line Throw again. Back. Yeah, yeah, and and it wasn't like you catch one nice fish every. I mean, you're you're catching multiples in uh, these good, awesome fish there. Oh and yeah, I, it was just over and over and over, like stuck on repeat. I kept, but it I, was not easy fishing. No, no, the fishing is is definitely a challenge. You have to work for it. Yeah, yeah, but but the reward is definitely well worth it. All time. Yep. Yeah. And the the lodge too. I mean, the the guides in the lodge is just. I mean, it was second to none. The hospitality was just fantastic. Everybody was so great. We, yeah, I can't. You can't say enough about. I mean, the fishing. I knew the fishing would be good, but I didn't realize how 
incredible the rest of the trip would be because of yeah of the lodge and the, the you know the crew we had and the guides that was just it was all time if you're i mean it's it's definitely got to be on out trend any i got it has to be on any trout fisherman's bucket list yeah i mean even the dr- the drive down to the lake every day it never got old even the last and day it i was, was like bumpy as shit. oh my god it was insane <laughs> Especially yeah, with the panther, which is the track yeah. chair in the back. Yeah, the panther. <laughs> the panther, yeah. uh, panther tank. The little tank. Yeah. Yeah. And and just seeing the fish school like that. I mean, trout schooling up like like a salmon coming up the rivers. And stuff. I mean, it just is unreal. We got some, some aerial shots over the top, and you could just see all the fish just going all over the shoreline and, getting moved in with the waves and the waves would crash and you'd see all the fish in the waves yeah. just like just like dolphins almost coming in yeah crazy. i mean it's it's unreal yeah pretty wild and the um cuz you guys i mean probably just heard stories about this place beforehand or did you just always know that it was no it was just of kind of a a couple christmases ago we started looking at it i had found it on instagram and yeah Kind of uh, like me. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Well, that's not exactly <laughs> true. <laughs> she was on the back page. I'm just <laughs> Which is, trust me, she's not been cheap. <laughs> <laughs> the the <laughs> looks. <laughs> the part you can't see on a podcast. That's right. The daggers. I it's the daggers. Right <laughs> um, no, we started... Uh, over Christmas, a couple Christmases ago, we started looking at it, and that's what kind of kicked it off. I was like, hey, how cool would it be? And then my dad started actually looking at, you know, flight times and where we'd go and just kind of, and then all of a sudden we were going, and it was happening. And, um, yeah, I mean, so we went for a week last year, and my dad and I are already booked to go two weeks this year. Nice. So. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that, I mean, w- when we were fishing, we were fishing – I mean, mostly on the lake, but they also have the river that goes yep. into the only river the that goes into this, river, yep. this lake. And, I mean, it was it was kind of a, a trek to get down in there, carrying uh, the wheelchair down and stuff. And But, man, it, it actually worked pretty well once yeah, you get down it, there. It did, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, the fish in the river part was my favorite for sure because yeah. I was fishing the center pin. I'll, I'll be I'll – be, uh, armed up with a little different ammo this year i got a switch rod and, and yeah. stuff so um but yeah the center pin was pretty tough to beat on the river it was pretty lights out and and so how is that better or different than a fly rod if someone hasn't because i i wasn't familiar with those before we went down there so the center pin is basically a an oversized fly reel it doesn't have any drag and it runs monofilament well a kind of monofilament it's called float line so it you uh you can get a drift if you're bead fishing or you're fishing with a nymph or something that right. you don't want any drag um cuz with the wind blowing so hard and the current it's pretty tough to get a good clean drift or a long drift with fly line you've got to mend it and with the monofilament on a center pin you don't really have to mend it you can you just have to manage your line yeah um, so you get a real clean you get to fish a lot more water for a longer amount of time so um a lot of a lot of steelhead fishermen center pin because you're drift fishing, you're bead yeah. fishing, and um, and it's uh, it's 
you end up being in the water a whole lot longer than if you would be fly fishing that way. So. Yeah, yeah, it's quick. I mean, and <coughs> you were were fishing with that dive. <laughs> yeah, I guess a little backstory. I ended up breaking <laughs> both of the rods that I brought down with me. I brought a fly rod and a center pin, and they both broke within the first <laughs> hour of using them because they were broken the exact same spot. So somewhere along some, the travel some, line, they happened. got nicks in them and. They both snapped. Luckily, Paul had an extra center pin, so I used his, and then I used um, one of Pat's, the guy that yeah. set up the trip, one of his fly rods. So <laughs> thank God for extras. But <laughs> So I used both. I kind of switched <laughs> back and forth. I used the fly rod a little more than um, Paul did just because um, it was a little bit easier for me mm -hmm. to do that with the wind. Um, but, yeah, I fished both of them. But it was, And especially when we fished the river, we fished with some dry flies and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. did a little bit of both. Yeah. And the the fish, I mean, the take there is just I mean, no. they're such massive fish. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, they they don't always clear the water as much sometimes. I mean, you get on the waves sometimes they will, but man, just the weight that they're pulling on those things. I mean, it's just it's unreal. Well, we, we I had at least two or three that one of which we actually had in the net a couple times that couldn't quite it kept flopping out of the net because it was so big and i asked facundo Faku, i was like how big was that one and he's like oh that was probably nine or ten kilo i was like oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> no <laughs> so yeah like 20 to 22 pounds oh gosh and i was like don't tell me that he's like well you asked <laughs> you i was like lie <laughs> to me next time he goes okay that was that was four pounds <laughs> anyway so there was i mean the it it's definitely not uncommon to catch trout north of 20 pounds yeah. if you can keep them on your line. I mean, they're in, and people you hook. I'm sure everybody in the group hooked one, but they're they're angry, and yeah. there's a lot of weight behind a 20 pound rainbow trout in a in a wide open lake with no. Yeah, <laughs> they can just go wherever they want. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was an incredible experience, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, you know, that and being there with our dads, that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, I haven't really done anything as an adult like that with my dad. And, yeah. Um, so that was in itself was super cool. Yeah. We've done some pretty cool trips as a family, but I have to say that that one with my dad, that was pretty special. Yeah. Being able to do something like that with him was, was pretty cool. Yeah. Especially so far away and just, I mean, you're with everybody else, but really essentially just the two of us, usually it's the family, so. I mean, I, and, you know, the, the South American people were, the Argentinians were awesome. Oh, yeah. So incredibly so accommodating, friendly. and, I mean, we had some pretty questionable moments at the airport, and any one of those people could have been like, <laughs> sorry, man, you're out yeah. of luck. And yeah. they went above and beyond so we could get it figured out, and it was, mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me a little nervous knowing we're going back, hoping that it'll, you know, the it'll play out the same <laughs> way. Although now it'll be much easier because we know what to expect and how right. to plan ahead for things that. But uh, yeah, that was I was pretty impressed. What a what a great culture and amazing amazing people. That was that was awesome. Yeah, and definitely, uh, um, obviously, recommend it to uh, <laughs> other other people to give it a try. Oh <laughs> any, any level any level of fishermen even if you just started fly fishing the guides are awesome they will help you they will put you on fish and help you dial in your cast and 
yeah, and and yeah, I would absolutely make sure that yeah. it's on your list, short list of places to go. Yeah, because it's definitely not something. I mean, like you said, it's it's not that it's easy, but there's so many fish, and there's different a- areas and places and stuff, and and the guides are so helpful that you can even even someone that's not as experienced, because even for me going there when I was you know fishing, I'd I've done a fair bit of fishing in Alaska, but a lot of the fishing I'd done is was fairly easy and, and not as challenging as that was down there, having to fish into wind and casting and stuff, but just getting some tips and stuff from those, you know, from the guys there and, and the others and, and, and you guys and Patrick and all those guys just, I mean, you get around the right people, they can put you on to the, to the fish and you don't have to be an expert for sure. Well, and it, it's one of those things that you, you, you go down there and you catch one of those fish. It's like still the trip of a lifetime. <laughs> I mean, you know, amazing. you catch one 15-pound rainbow trout, people are going to be jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Any trout yeah. fisherman would be like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> the biggest fish I've ever seen. Yeah. And you're probably going to catch more than one, guaranteed. But yeah. even if it just happened to be one, you know, it's still going to be. But, yeah, they'll they'll put you on fish. You'll catch fish. I mean, and, and I thought the fishing was pretty good, and those guys were like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so it was. It was. It was. It was an okay time. It was okay. Gosh, we yeah, we didn't. We didn't get a, a bunch of pictures <laughs> on the twenty-plus pound uh, <laughs> wall. They had a whole wall of oh, twenty-plus yeah. pound fish, and that was just crazy. I mean, that they can get that massive and just like, yeah, you know. pretty wild. But it was. It was definitely an incredible place to go, and and the different parts of of Patagonia that are so unique and place and the people i mean yeah i, I de- definitely agree i've been to argentina a couple of times and and it's it definitely never disappoints whenever any part you go but fishing's on the list that's that's definitely a big one yeah um and uh so wh- one of the other things is with uh that we we like to, to to dive into is even just helping other people that uh even for for both of you guys i mean you don't necessarily live the uh um I guess, a, a, a normal lifestyle as far as what you do for work and what you do for, you know, enjoyment and stuff as well. Just you guys have been able to find your own things to do um, in, in your passions and, and turning that into, you know, some of work with, with uh, Aaron doing your, your lifestyle and fitness and that kind of stuff and kind of on the entrepreneurial side and obviously coming for you, Paul, from the, the outdoor extreme sports and that kind of stuff too. I mean, there's, it's a different way to look at even life in general, but even looking at, um, you know, what a source of income is or even just what a, what a lifestyle can be to go and do, you know, cool trips and go in places like that. So um, from both of you guys, what, I guess, what's kind of been either the, um, the main thing to keep, keep that uh, type of business going forward because a lot of it is driven through, being connected with people through social media and getting your name out there and, and staying relevant with, you know, the current thing. So with the way things change so much, like what's been the most important thing to keep that business going or just being, keeping that awareness with your, you know, followers or people or, you know, what, what's kind of a, if you can narrow it down to a certain thing, or maybe it's a few different things, but just how do you stay, stay up to date with what's going on? Well, I mean, for me, it's it's you know s- staying active in the 
motorsports community and yeah. staying active in social media and um you know the fan interaction is important and that's something i need to be better at even um you know that's some of the top things like when they're talking about growing social media is interacting with the people that comment and you know following people back and you know striking up conversations with people that are interested in what you're doing or fans or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, you you got to put in the time and the work at the end of the day. That's that's all there is to it. You you can't sit at home on the couch and be like, "Well, this is what I did last year. Isn't that good enough?" Like it's what it's it's especially in my industry, it is what have you done for me lately? And so mm-hmm. you have to still come up with ideas and and um, you know, ways to get your name out there and stay relevant and motivated and um it's a it's a nine to five, 365 days a year type scenario. There's really (laughs) no days off. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I left right after we got back in December and I came home in May for the most part, Mm -hmm. I was home a little bit, but, Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, traveling and we're doing events and we're, you know, getting ready for X games and, and, uh, you know, so now this time of year I get to, I get to take the foot off the pedal a little bit, but we're, yeah. you know, doing content in other ways. We're out, you know, trying not to drown in the track chair and, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. So, yeah, um, because people people are interested and social media has definitely allowed people to get a uh, a glimpse into what people do aside from what they do professionally. Yeah. Which is good and bad um, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But um, so, they, you know, people are able to. More so now than ever before, I think when, you know, somebody's fans with Taylor Swift on Instagram, they feel like they know Taylor Swift. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like they're friends with Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. So you have to create content that's going to maintain that virtual friendship. Right. So and it's not always easy. I it's it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, and the way the world operates at this particular moment in time, that's pretty key. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean my following is much smaller than Paul's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's growing. It's and growing. You still have an impact. It's, gro- it's I mean, growing. Have, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's um, almost a little bit. I mean, it's exhaust. It's completely exhausting. There's, I mean, no day goes by where I don't it, keep in contact with you know twelve or to twenty different people having conversations about if it's on my fitness or on my fishing. Um, instagrams mostly or facebook's or whatever it is but i think for me i get so much joy helping people if it's getting out on the water or just getting outside in general i've helped a ton of ladies it's so fun for me to get somebody that's never done it before like this is how you cast or this is how you tie a knot even if it's something super simple that gives them the confidence to be able to go out and do something that they've never done before that is so cool to me and the same thing on my fitness side, which is kind of my other entrepreneurial business right now, but um, is just helping people to do things that I had a lot of trouble doing myself. And I, I kind of nav- felt like I navigated it on my own and mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to do. So I just being able to be there for someone else that even if it's just as simple as saying like, you can do this. Um, it's, I mean, social media gives you that platform to be able to do that all over the world any time of day and I, I just think 
that for me it's been really cool to see um, other people be able to inspire other people to do both the fitness side, getting themselves healthy, and then also just getting outside and knowing that, hey, I didn't know anything about fishing six years ago, and you can do it too. It's, yeah. you know, just, I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. It, there's pluses and minuses to all of it, but. And I, it, oops, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, it's all. No, I was just going to say, it's it's amazing how many times when you respond to someone and they're like, oh my God, I yeah. can't believe you responded. I know. <laughs> I would encourage people right. to utilize that platform and yeah. reach out yeah. if you have a question. Ask. And if and if you don't get a response, ask again in right. a week. Because yeah. a lot of times I'll be inundated and I'll miss it. Uh-huh. And then I'll come back like yeah. two months later Shoot. and be like, oh, I'm an yeah. idiot. I missed it. Yeah. And, and but. Uh, I, I have a lot of you know fellow athlete monster athlete friends like the Ken Blocks and Jeremy McGrath and those types of guys that I know are very fan interactive. Yeah, which very. is part of the reason why Ken Blocks got four million followers now or whatever because he's you know he's personable and he mm-hmm. you know loves what he does and isn't afraid to share you know with other people complete strangers. I think that's that's kind of the the when you get to a certain particular point. There's no you get to sh- you're sharing it. You're sharing your life with strangers, and yeah. you either get used to it or you pick another profession. Right. Well, I think if you're going to share it, I mean, the reason that I share a lot of things that I do is because, for me, especially on like the fishing side, I think it's so cool and it's so exciting, and I want other people to know that they can mm-hmm. do that too. And it's not. I mean, a lot of it's a highlight reel, and you kind of look at it, and you're like, you can look at it one way, you're like, oh, my life wasn't as cool as that. But on the other side, it would be like, man, that's so cool. I want to do that. And I think that's more of the way to look at things that you see on social media, like the stuff that Paul Mm -hmm. does, like that is so cool. I mean, I don't get out and snowmobile as much as I should, and I have the opportunity to, and (laughs) I don't. But I mean, I see that stuff, and it should inspire you to be like, that is so cool. Like, I want to get out and do that kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of the cool thing. But again, like, just being involved with your people that follow you, and I think that's Mm -hmm. the most important thing if you're building any kind of following or trying to get people engaged in what you do. They're not going to be engaged with what you do if you don't engage back with them. Right. Yeah. Important. Yeah. And with because you're you're releasing a um a guide or kind of a um fitness what do you call it? fitness, yeah. Yep. Uh, and how cuz it, it seems like that especially from all the different things has such a wide variety of different things in that realm with with fitness and that type of thing and and do you find that you're just able to take your own unique approach or appeal to certain demographic of people or is there just that much need that there's still you know room for more you know opportunity in the the health side like that i think there's always room because there's always a different perspective to everything Mm -hmm. so even in saturated markets there's still room for everybody but at the same time um my kind of outlook and something that i had a hard time finding when i was trying when i was really getting into fitness and trying to figure out what worked for me is that i don't have a lot of time in my day like i'm not going to be on a cardio machine for half like an hour i'm just not it's not happening (laughs) in my life you know i've got 30 minutes and that's all i've got um and that's kind of how i've done this this particular it's an ebook it's a guide it's a three-month program but um all my workouts are around 20 to 30 minutes 20 to 40 minutes really and you know you get it done and it's effective and for me when i go out hiking or i'm out in the in the wilderness and all this kind of stuff like you have to be fit i mean 
God forbid something yeah. ha- happens, you have to be prepared for that. And if mm-hmm. I need to run and get help or I've got to like pick Paul up, like I think it would be a struggle, but I could do it. You know, like there's just eh. all these <laughs> <laughs> he doubts me, but I could do it. I've Adrenaline her, kicks I've in. S- I've seen her workouts. <laughs> She's kind of a weenie. Hey, I have deadlifted <laughs> your tractor out of the mud. That is true. She has gotten me unstuck in the tractor before. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, just doing all the wilderness and the outdoor stuff that we do, you know, it's about endurance and, you know, yeah. you've got to be in shape to do the ki- live the kind of lifestyle that, that we live. And we're in the gym every day together and that's important to me and it's part of my lifestyle. And But I also do not have all day to be doing it. <laughs> Yeah. I've got a full-time job. I've got a couple part-time jobs. I've got all these entrepreneurial things going on, and you you don't have that much time to spend in the gym. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where my I guess my niche is. But yeah, yeah, nice. No, that's awesome. I think there's there is still a lot of opportunity for for those that ha- that have something unique to offer, and and uh, got to be able to get engage with the people that are interested, and and make sure you don't to completely sidestep the other people that want to watch what's going on along the way and following along in the journey. I mean, it's, it's always, always changing. That's what keeps things really interesting. I, so. sure. I want to know how we can work together, Micah, and get me a fishing show. That's right. Yeah. Like, come, on, <laughs> come on out there. Somebody, yes. like, I'm fairly personable. I'm not ugly. He's actually I mean, pretty darn good at catching fish. I can actually fish not fairly act. proficiently <laughs> most of the time. Yep. 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 I mean, and, he, and I haven't seen, I haven't seen the, uh, the chair slow him down from any type of fishing. Like he, he definitely probably <laughs> outfishes a lot of guys. <laughs> we need, we need to work on that. Yes. I yes. feel I feel like I could see the Paul and Micah wheelchair <laughs> adventure wheel fish wheelchair fishing adventures worldwide. That's right. We're gonna work uh, on that name. We're gonna we're gonna get a <laughs> private jet too. That's my other thing I want. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's you don't like need to carry your tractor. Doesn't even have to be a new have a built yeah. in. I'll be your pilot. You know, like a used <laughs> Gulfstream. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. We're not looking for anything <laughs> fancy here. Just just you know, A to B. A to B. That's yeah. all we're you know. Yeah. Dare to dream. There's there's lots of lots more adventures to come. That's for sure. It's been pretty awesome so far, and uh, you know, getting connected with people up here in Alaska, I feel is still my my second home. I try to get here as much as I can. So it's always fun to to reconnect with you guys, and gonna be back up here later on this summer as well. Hopefully, Let's go hopefully spend some some pole in hand and not just uh, just type Dude, on the I, computer. Dude, I I tried every day you've yep, been here. To you get did you to go fishing. And I, uh, uh, I I'll wish take I your camera for you. <laughs> you hold the rod. That's right. I can, I've taken a photo <laughs> of you before. <laughs> yep. Epic, epic fail. Yep. Hence the 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 not so day job sometimes takes more days, but uh, yeah, yeah, work yeah. always gets in the way of the fun <laughs> stuff. That yeah, is yeah. A fact. But it's still still part of it. So you've got a pretty epic. But life. yeah, appreciate you guys getting to um, sp- taking some time to be on the on the for podcast sure. today. Anytime. And uh, so if they want to find out more about what both of you guys are doing, I know you're doing a bunch of different stuff. So, Paul, where can we find you? Uh, all my social media channels are Paul Thacker 11. Yeah. So. YouTube and all that stuff, all too. That, yeah. Just or just, just type and with The 11, was that your numbers when you were racing? It's been my, still my number to this day, yeah. Yep, yep. Awesome. It actually started out as a hockey number. I wanted to score one oh. goal and one assist every game. Nice. Oh. Nice. So, yeah. Keeping it on. I learned something new. Keeping and it, it worked for a lot a lot of my hockey career. Yeah. Yeah. Not all of it, but a lot of it. 
Otherwise, I'd probably be in the NHL or, well, I'd probably be retired now. <laughs> at at 27. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big dreams. Big dreams. <laughs> yeah. So Paul Thacker 11. It's just T H A C K E R. Nice. I'm easy to find. We're friends. Yes. So if they find you, they'll find yep. me. That's right. Everywhere. <laughs> and uh and i i've got two i've got uh, my uh my outdoor life it was just ursland e <laughs> ursland e yeah. um and then uh my fitness life is 907 fit life so i make that fairly easy perfect <laughs> perfect yes and we'll keep track of all the adventures up and coming and things coming down the road so thanks again guys yeah yeah thanks that was fun going down memory lane i think you've uh convinced me to go back my dad my dad even said he would pay for a ticket so <laughs> oh that's give me a, a break. brainer yeah. Yeah. brainer i'm like why won't you pay for my ticket dad what the heck we're gonna have to talk about that that's right that's right all right we'll catch you guys next time Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're able to glean some valuable insights from this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and let us know what you thought and your feedback. We would love to hear from you. If you want to find out more, visit silverlinefilm.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under Silverline Films. And we look forward to seeing you next week on Silverline Behind the Frame.